I'm Deidre. And I'm Chelsea. And we're giving you a million murders. Okay, hello. Hello. I hope you all have had a wonderful new year because I think... Yeah, it will be posted after the new year. Yep, that's right. Probably on the Sherry Rasmussen when we should have been like, Happy New Year. Y'all have a good new year yeah. because that's <laughs> what came out before. So um, happy belated new year, everyone. We hope that everything went well and you all stayed safe on New Year's Eve and everything. Yeah. Yes, yes. So today I am going to do another Ghost Inside My Child. Mira's going to love it. Yes. Well, when you said that she was like, I really like those, I was like, okay, well, we'll just do some more. So there's going to be two, you know, but they're going to probably be split up into two parts because I feel like these stories are pretty, fairly long. They're like 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, I may be able to do an hour one and everything, but for now, we're just going to do this one. And then maybe the next time I do a Ghost Inside My mm-hmm. Child, I'll do it all on one and it'll be a big old long one, you know. Well, since I have a coworker mm-hmm. who's jealous because I have not shouted them out. Oh, okay. Because I've shouted out so like we'd be shouting so many out of people our coworker and like, listeners. Never shout out me. So we have a new listener. Oh, okay. and his name's Jesse. Oh, hi, Jesse. See, there you go. You got your shout out. Yes, thank you for listening. Yes. And the famous Deidre said hello. <laughs> I did. Hello, hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of the coworkers on both sides listening. They're like, loving it. They're loving it all. And we they appreciate love when you. we shout their name. Yes, yes. I think on my end right now, I don't know if some of my former coworkers still mm-hmm. listen, but um, I know Chelsea listens and Becky. I think I've got. A few new listeners. Well, we have a few new at Delta. Mm-hmm. Yes. We've got... Come on, Delta. Delta people. We've got Jennifer, mm-hmm. Brooklyn slash Bree, and her boyfriend, Ethan. Okay. And then we've got Tiffany and Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, y'all. Say his name twice. Yes. Yeah, like, hey, Jesse. <laughs> hey, Brooklyn. Hey, Eli. Ethan. 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 Why did I say Eli? I don't know. Oh, sorry. Well, I apologize. I didn't mean I didn't mean to call you Eli, Ethan. Um, but today, I already said what we're doing. We're doing a ghost inside my child. So yeah. let's go ahead and dive on in. Oh, I'm about to dive in. Okay. So, uh-uh. So our first story and our only story... <laughs> Oh, yeah. Because I do it, I do them together at once and then I separate them. Oh, so yeah. I have to like start two documents because the way the show works is like they tell you both stories along the way. It's mm-hmm. not just, oh, there's this story and then the second one is this. It's like you jump. So you'll, it'll just show like Madison, Wisconsin. And then you know you're going back to the first story. So then I have to go back to that document. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So I, I do the stories simultaneously like mm-hmm. I'll have to jump back and forth because they'll do like five minutes of one and five minutes of the other yeah. and all that kind of stuff so 
I always am like, our first story takes place. So part one, that pee was so loud. Part one um, takes place in Madison, Wisconsin. And we are following a family of four. Susan, the mom, John, the dad, Teal, which was Susan's daughter from her first marriage. And then 18 years later, John and Susan had Jamie. So there's a child from another relationship. So there's Uh a stepdaughter involved. And then 18 years later, they have this kid, Jamie. Jamie was a very happy kid. They even said he was an easy kid. They're like, this kid was really easy. Like we we didn't have Uh any trouble with anything when it came to him. Like he was just an easy kid to raise and rear, as you could say. Um, Now, Teal, the sister is a forensic psychologist, but at this point in time that we're going to be talking about, she is currently in college. Um, So I think she's, I think she was an undergrad. Yeah. They're 18 years apart. So, I mean, depending on when she was born Uh when they, you know, but you know, like she could be 25 in this. I don't know. But anyway, she's in college getting her degree. And uh, so, the entire family loved to swim, mm-hmm. but Jamie wouldn't want to go past the pool stairs. Like he was not trying to get into the water and yeah. like float around. Like he was cool if he was just standing on the steps, but that was it. So Susan would try to pick him up and bring him out into the water, you know, but she said he would almost choke you panicking and would beg to go back to the stairs. Like you couldn't, he was just like going yeah. insane. So Teal mentioned that children are usually comfortable with the same things as their parents unless there's trauma involved. Uh So like, you know, I mean, you see it like these little babies, you can throw little babies in the water and like they can learn how to like flip on their back and float Mm -hmm. and like cries to let somebody know. Like they're not, babies are normally easier to adapt to water than other kids like older children because Mm -hmm. they're so used to being in the womb it's like they just take to water like that um which he's older but like still there shouldn't be any trauma with there's no reason he should be afraid yeah you know so yeah like the fact the entire family grew up swimming and being in the water it was confusing to them why he had such a phobia of deeper water when he didn't have a traumatic event with yeah. The pool or any body of water, mm-hmm. like not even a bathtub. So that was really weird to them. And then one day when Jamie was about three or four, Teal was outside uh, with him, helping him learn how to ride a bike. Mm. So, you know, big sister stuff. They're just out there doing their thing. And they were talking and Jamie mentioned that Susan, which is the mom, mm-hmm. used to ride her blue bike down the street, too. And he said he saw her ride her blue bike. Yeah, God. He said he saw her ride her blue bike when he looked down and saw her through the window. So, like, it's already starting. Wait I feel like <laughs> there's usually more of a buildup. This build is up. the baby. This is the kid. The, the boy. Yeah, the littlest kid. He said Susan. He said he his, his mom. mom. Okay. Yeah, his mom. Susan is the mom. Yeah. Teal's the sister. John's the dad. Um, and he said he seen her riding it when he looked out the window. Yeah. When he looked down and saw her through the window. I mean, is this her dad or some stuff? Listen. Okay, let's keep going. Yeah, you're not ready. Apparently, Susan did have a little blue three-wheeler when she was five. Oh, five years old? Mm-hmm. And somehow he knew about the bike without being told or seeing it in a picture. Like, she literally was like, I don't even know if I have a picture 
of my stuff on this uh, bike. Uh, like it was so long uh. ago. Okay. So when Susan questioned him about watching her, he said, well, you know, there's windows in heaven, mama. <gasps> Wait, windows in heaven. Oh, yeah. My. And he said it like matter of factly. He's like, well, you know, there's windows in heaven. Like everybody knows that. Okay. So when he was younger, they noticed that he did seem to have an English accent on certain words. Uh, he did have a speech impediment, though. So when he was younger, um, you know, they thought, okay, well, this is probably just the speech impediment uh -huh. or something. Then they noticed not only did he have an English accent on certain words, but that he would use different terminology for things that just don't make sense at all, like port or starboard for left and right. Hmm. Yeah, until would try to correct him and say, oh, do you mean left? right but he would always say port or starboard okay now when he was four or five he started having night terrors and he would be asleep and then you would hear him thrashing around a little bit in bed then he would get up and start running through the house he wouldn't make eye contact with anyone but seemed to be looking for a way out he would also scream cry and sweat profusely to the point that his pajamas were drenched oh, wow. yeah like he's like having a whole traumatic experience um you know while he's asleep still like he's not really that yeah, conscious like yeah yeah and so the doctor said that this was more of a normal occurrence than they had realized but till says the word night terrors is fitting because they would scare everyone when they happened they were told not to wake him when he was in that state mm -hmm. so you've just got this kid running around screaming crying sweating in the middle of the night trying to get out seemingly you know and there's nothing they can they're not supposed to do anything they yeah. just have to watch them so i'm sure it was awful you know just having to do that um but they didn't know if the night terrors would ever go away teal says he would talk during the terrors and would mention water or drowning and going under hmm. susan felt yeah so like what's that about you know and then Susan felt like there was some sort of traumatic memory he was fighting and struggling with every night. And Teal tried to keep the family calm, being the psychologist in the family, you mm -hmm. know, since night terrors are common. So yeah. she's like, you know, don't don't worry too much about it. You know, the yeah. doctor said it's normal. It is normal. So, you know, they're just trying to brush this all off. So when Jamie was around four years old, Susan and John had gone out and left him with the babysitter. And when they returned home, they were informed by the sitter that Jamie had seen the last half of the movie Titanic, which they, oh. yeah, which they were not happy about. Now, when they said that, you know, when they said the last half, that makes me think it was like the OG video set that had the two tapes mm -hmm. because the movie was so long. Mm -hmm. I'm like, is this because the last half I'm like, my Melissa had that. The double cassette. Yeah, I'm wondering like... Tape player. Yeah, like how long ago was this? Was this like the double cassette pack? Or was it just like you caught the tail end of it on like satellite? I don't know. But, you know, that's all I could think. I was like, I could be wrong, but that's all I can think about. So the next day, he started drawing and painting picture after picture of the Titanic. And within the first two weeks, probably drew over 50 pictures. Dang. Yeah. Okay. So this is starting to become, you know, a situation. And originally, Susan, his mom, thought he just had a fixation with the film, but he never stopped drawing the Titanic. He would draw it 
like he would draw it in school like pictures of it in school just everywhere everywhere at mcdonald's just <laughs> at a restaurant there would be drawings of the titanic everywhere he'd become obsessed and they couldn't stop him so like he's just in school drawing the titanic he's at the restaurant with a little crayon supposed to be like coloring in some little map he's drawing the titanic like he's just mm. constantly making all of these drawings and so one drawing he put over 100 windows on the ship which they're like little circles, but still mm. like a hundred circles on the ship. And another drawing, he had the ship separated by the decks. Like you could, if you cut the ship in half and you like turned it and you could see mm. the different decks, he had did that. Um, it was like, he knew the ship by heart, like the layout. It was just really weird. Like, how does he know all this? While the movie focuses on the characters, Jack and Rose and their love story. Mm. Of course, we all know this. Uh, Jamie, it's not real. Yeah, and it's not even real. <laughs> Jamie, <laughs> you know, you would think that Jamie would like tie into that if mm -hmm. it was just an obsession or whatever. But Jamie would always become distraught over the fact that the men in the boiler room died first. Jamie would act like it was his fault they died, almost like he was responsible. Jamie started. <laughs> okay, like you're not. Bruh. You're not ready, okay? So Jamie started talking about the accident and how there were corners cut and that the ship sinking shouldn't have happened. Till started to wonder if he was working out the trauma of seeing the movie and would need to go to therapy. His parents felt that there had to be a deeper connection and Susan always believed in reincarnation. She's, oh. yeah, so she's like, now wait a minute. This is sounding like this could be something, right? So she said she started a journal of all the things Jamie was saying, and she realized he had to have been on the ship. When he was five, he was telling Susan about the mistakes that were made while building the ship, like using iron instead of steel. He also said when the ship hit the iceberg, it closed the emergency doors, trapping the men in the boiler room. Like apparently that wasn't supposed to happen. And Jamie kept repeating to Susan that the men died first and that it shouldn't have happened and they shouldn't have died that way. So, you know, she's like, because that is a scene. There is a scene where, you know, the men in the boiler room kind of get their scene of what's happening. So she, you know, it's like, okay. So Susan tried to console him saying she understood, but he assured her that she didn't understand the severity of the situation. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, mama, like I you don't, don't understand. Yeah, like you don't get it. So Susan started to wonder if he was part of building the ship. Teal thought in the beginning it was just an obsession, but his behaviors kept progressing, which made her second-guess herself. Was he like somebody from the boiler room? Oh my gosh! Listen. Ah! Mm -hmm. We'll find out. Oh, my goodness. Maybe. Was he the captain? What was going on? Like, who is he? What was going on? <laughs> <laughs> I'm hollering. Okay. So... They mentioned that Jamie would draw smoke coming out of three of the four smokestacks on the ship. When Susan asked why the one stack wasn't working, he told her it's a dummy stack, just for show, and that they only needed three but thought four would look better. How uh, do you know that? Listen. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that either. Susan had never heard that before until she watched a documentary on the Titanic, and he was right. Like, that's that's true. Okay. But that's something you that it's you would think everybody would know. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I didn't know that. Yeah, no, I don't think, I think you would, you would just have to know a lot about the Titanic. And like, I love the Titanic, but I don't know. I feel like it. it I didn't know that. Like, I don't yeah. know a lot of stuff about the ship. I feel like ship. it's the same level as knowing the Titanic sunk. Right. Like, to me, like. Like, this should just have been Something normal. everybody should have known. Right, but no. Because it's like a cool fact. Yeah, like, oh, actually, it's they didn't need this. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they just, that's neat. That's like, that's a neat fact. Yep, yep. It kind of gets, you know, overshadowed by the whole <laughs> okay, continue, accident. Okay, continue, Yes, so Susan. Invested, invested. Invested, the <laughs> investment. Okay. I say that like I'm never invested in your business. <laughs> I but am, I prob. These... Well, the ghost inside my children thing is kind of like a mystery because yes. it's like, who are they going to end up being? Uh-huh. You know, like, who is this? Like, who is the ghost inside the child? So Susan never wanted to discourage him from talking about the Titanic. So they found a CD-ROM Titanic game. Mm. Okay, now listen. When I saw this, I died because I had this game. And they I never showed- had it. Oh, but when you said CD-ROM, I said, oh, my. Come on, CD-ROM. The CD-ROM. She's now. Old. I know that there are some listeners. We do have some younger listeners. That we have older listeners, too. Yeah. So, old heads, y'all know what we talk about. <laughs> uh-huh. The children. Because, I mean, now, like, my laptop doesn't even have a CD-ROM. Like, I can't. Yeah. I can't yeah. use. Like, I don't, it's it's gone. You want to hear something crazy, y'all? I went to Walmart a few, the Christmas Eve. I went to Walmart, okay? Mm-hmm. And there was this woman, this older lady, not much older, probably... She was probably like between late fifties or late forties, early fifties. Mm-hmm. She asked the woman in the electronics department if they had VCRs. Mm. I said, "Oh, I just wanted to cry." I was like, "Girl, girl, you no." You have to get that off eBay. And the and the the worker said, "No, we haven't had those for a while." <laughs> I'm like you gonna go we search had those on in the like twenty years. Go search. Go search on the interweb, as Triple calls it. The interweb. <laughs> the interweb. Search on the interweb. Yes. VCRs, and they're like a hundred bucks, forty bucks. Yes, but yes, I had this game. I begged my parents to buy it. We bought it from Sam's Club. Like it's a whole core memory ah. of mine. Yes, we went to Sam's Club. I, I saw do it that now. What? Because you've seen Inside Out. Mm-hmm. The little cartoon movie with the core memories and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The core I memory. do that. So every time I remember something, I'm like, oh, that's a core memory. Core <laughs> memory. Okay. I had to have this game. Okay. And well, because I did have an obsession with the Titanic movie. Like I was what they thought he was going to be. Yeah. Like I was obsessed, obsessed, obsessed with the movie. I loved it. I went to Gatlinburg and, you know, they do like the face in the hole on the pictures that you can screen print. I did one with me and Jack and it was like Jack and Deidre, their hearts will go on. Okay. And it was my little Brown face on that pale white body. Uh. And I wore it proudly. Uh. And I would give a million dollars to find that shirt again. I don't know where it is. It was my face and Leonardo DiCaprio's face. And it's the scene where they're holding each other and the iceberg is coming down because they're like looking up. Oh, that's a cute poor memory. (laughs) I wish you could find it. I wish I could find it too, because I would give anything to be. Your parents don't remember. I don't know. I don't think I've even asked them. But it was. I loved the Titanic. So when I saw the CD-ROM, I had to have it. Like I was like, I have to have it. And then 
it was showing like the actual game on the wow. on the TV on the show, TV. and I was just that was like, a "Real live core memory for yes. you." <laughs> it was so nostalgic. I was like, "Oh my god, there's the opening!" And then they start talking about it. So like, you're gonna get to hear a little bit about the game here. But y'all, listen. No, I would give money to see that because it's just my little brown face. And then Kate Winslet's like, because you know her skin was like alabaster, like it was yeah. so pale in that mm-hmm. movie. so it's like my brown face white neck white chest white arms like (laughs) like i just want to see it one more time i would give anything to be able to see it do they still do that i think they do i hope so because that would be cool we should go yeah we will have to see if they still because i've never been to the titanic in gatlinburg yeah we'll have to go yeah so we'll yeah next time we go down there we'll do that for sure okay y'all so back to the Back to the subject at hand. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we gotta look slightly. <laughs> the game, so I'm gonna tell you about the game. So the game is played by collecting clues throughout the ship to stop it from sinking. Oh. Yes, which I could never find. I never could find them. The game was really cool, though. Your point of view was as if you were walking through the ship. So you could go to different decks, rooms, parlors to find clues. Mm-hmm. And I would always get lost. I mean, because it was it was literally made like the inside of the ship. That's so you cool. yes, you'd go to like B deck and C deck and all that. And you would go to the different classes and there'd be like the smoking rooms where like the men would go after dinner. Mm-hmm. And there was like the bathhouse or something. And like, um, then like the pool, like you'd go to all of it. You know, um, but I was lost every time. Like, I didn't know how to get around. And they had the map, but the map was not, like, the easiest Mm -hmm. thing. It's still the ship. So one of the first things you're supposed to do in the game is go to the captain's quarters. So Teal was watching him play this game at this point, and he was telling her to go port. And she was confused because he wasn't really going back and forth through the ship. You know, like, looking here, looking there. He, like, had a path. And he was, like, <laughs> um, he just wanted her to turn at this random point in time. When she turned port, they were at the captain's quarters without a missed turn along the way. In the game. In the, you hear what I'm saying? Because what, okay, and let me tell you, because you could think, oh, well, you may just start out in the hallway and it's just up the hallway to the left. Lucky guess. No, you're wrong if you're thinking that. Because you start out in your room on the Titanic. So, like, the first thing you see is this stateroom or whatever. And you go around, you look at the papers and all your stuff and Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And there's like a, there was like a, um like a pocket watch in there and like a little window. So that's where you start. Now, I don't know where the captain's quarters is from your place, but you know, it's got to be somewhere different. So he literally found it right from the jump. And the whole point of the game was to navigate the ship to find the clues, but he went right to it. So like, it was a harder game. Like it was you, you had to, find places to find the clues to stop the Titanic from sinking. And he just went to it, you know, and Teal couldn't figure out how he could have done this. And she was now convinced that her mom was right. After about two years of the Titanic nightmares and obsessions, they figured out, they think they figured out who he was in a past life. Okay. 
So they're like, okay, we finally, we think we know who he is with all the clues, all the things. But they couldn't match him up right away. But they did think Thomas Andrews could be a match since he was so interested in the way the ship was built. Now that's Mr. Andrews from the movie mm-hmm. played by Victor Gaber. I feel like I was called Garber. No, no. So he was the one that um, had the gray hair and she runs up to him and he's the one who tells her how to get to Jack. She's like, Mr. Andrews, how do you, you know, and he's like, take B deck down to the, get in the elevator. Go to da, 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 da. Like that's him. Um, so Thomas Andrews was a designer for the white star line and was the architect of the Titanic. Okay. So like, this is literally the guy who like designed the ship. Andrews would go on the void and may the void and mages, the maiden voyages of all the ships he designed. And when the Titanic sank, he refused to get in a lifeboat and went down with the ship. So he's the one in the scene yes, in the movie. I love him. Yeah, the guy that plays him, Victor Garber. Yeah, is it Garber or Gaber? Because I feel like oh, I've said it. It says G A R B E R. Okay, Garber. Maybe I'm. Oh, I always Garber. call him Victor Gerber. Gerber it, baby. Gerber baby. Yes, Victor Garber. <laughs> so um, he's cute too. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's precious. Anyway. Uh, so yeah. Um, so they think that that's who Jamie is. It's Mr. Andrews, Thomas Andrews. But okay. not the actor. Right, <laughs> not Victor Garber. <laughs> the real Thomas. The true Thomas Andrews. So Andrews was the chief designer and actually fought with J.P. Morgan, huh. who financed the ship about the shortage yes, of lifeboats. I knew that because of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The shortage of lifeboats, the fact that the ship's construction was rushed to get it ready for a certain date, which April 14th, mm-hmm. 1912. And, or, no, that's when it sank. So probably like April 12th. Anyway, so. And he wanted steel instead of iron, which is what caused the ship to break apart due to the sub-zero temps making the iron brittle. Huh. So, if it was made of steel, it pro- it may have been able to make it somewhere before it before it sank but because the temperatures were so cold and the iron became so brittle that's crazy yep 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 and mr andrews wanted it to be steel but jp morgan was like no we'll do it with iron now jp morgan for those who don't know is like chase bank Mm -hmm. that's chase bank people like they that family owns so much like all kinds of things like Chase Bank and all these other companies are all combined and, together. Yeah. And he did what he did. Mm-hmm. Or did he know that? Did he know that the temperatures would cause metal to be brittle? I, I doubt it. I think that he, because he was a financier, like he did, he doesn't know anything about ships. Like I think mm-hmm. that he was just like, Oh, we're going to do this instead Maybe because looks, maybe it looked better or something. Yeah, like, who knows? And something, it was not, it, yeah. So, and because he didn't listen to the architect who had done, you know, all of these ships, he just, he just didn't listen. And then everyone had to pay the price for it. Now, I'm trying to think, he may have gotten out. Maybe he didn't. 
I don't think J.P. Morgan, I don't know, J.P. Morgan may or may not have made it out alive. I can't remember. I don't want to have to look it up right now. But yeah. anyway, so all of that happened. Now, the Titanic exhibit was traveling around the U.S. and was stopping in Chicago. Teal and Susan thought maybe exposing him to actual artifacts from the Titanic would help him with the night terrors and the obsession. Mm-hmm. When they arrived, there were hundreds of artifacts, and Jamie studied every single piece that they had on display. They also noticed Jamie had started shaking and seemed breathless. And after visiting the exhibit one night, he had what Susan calls the death dream. Okay. I was like, and then it went to a commercial break. I was like, Lord. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So the night of the death dream, Susan was watching TV and was home alone with Jamie while he was sleeping. All of a sudden she heard a bang on his bedroom wall and it had a rhythm to it. So she jumped up and ran down the hall, and when she got to his room, she found him up on all fours in his bed, staring at the floor, and was almost convulsing. He was shaking so hard. She didn't know if she should shake him out of it, but before she could do anything, he screamed, she's going down. Oh my gosh. Okay, like, think about this. You hear this, like, banging or something on your kid's wall so you go down the hallway to check it out and your kid isn't asleep rolling around or anything he's up and he's on his hands and knees leaning over looking like over the side of the bed and screams she's going down like what i would have been uh-uh. i would have been terrified i would have been like, what is happening right now Okay, and she said it didn't sound like a little boy's voice. It sounded like a man's voice that was terrified. And she said she just cried like she didn't even know what to do. I don't know. It's just crazy. Like, it's just crazy. You know, like it didn't even sound like it didn't sound like his voice. Yeah. Not like he was possessed, but like it wasn't his like it wasn't it wasn't his voice, but it wasn't his voice. Yeah, that's all enough. That's enough. That's enough said. Yeah. Okay. Like it, it sounded. Voice. It sounded like a scared man's voice. That's insane. Okay. Um. Oof. So after that night, mind blown. Yeah. Listen. After, but then this is where it gets like it's like what? So after a night, after that night, a day would go by, and he would talk about the Titanic. Uh huh. Then a week would go by, and he would talk about the Titanic. Uh huh. Then three weeks. Until he stopped talking about the Titanic altogether. Huh? Yeah. For the rest of his life. Mm. Shut up. Yeah. It was like he had that one moment. Like he. It's like he got to the point of his dreams. His night terrors. That the death dream happened. And then after that he would still talk about the Titanic. But it it became lesser and lesser until he just stopped talking That's about it all together yeah and they just didn't say anything they just watched it go away okay now jamie was 19 years old when this episode aired and he was studying animation 3d modeling and concept art in college mm-hmm. he said it just seemed like he had all of those memories at that at the time that didn't make sense about how the titanic was familiar as his childhood home was to him you know And he also believes that he was Thomas Andrews due to personality traits and that he would have done the same thing in his situation. Okay. Like, he was like, I would have done exactly what he did. I would have went down with the ship 
And he said that he is at peace, that he most likely died on the Titanic in a past life, mm. and he no longer feels that the deaths are his fault. That's good. Yeah. And so that is the story about little Jamie, what? who is now like, I don't know, he could be 30 now. I don't know. He's all right. He could be. Because I don't know when the stories aired, but these are older. Like, this show came out a while ago. Yeah. At least 10 years ago. So he could be like 29 now. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. Huh. So that's Jamie's story about potentially being Mr. Andrews from I the love Titanic. It. I love that one. The architect, y'all. Listen. Come on. When he... It was the, like... the I felt so bad because his little guilt, his little guilty heart was like... It shouldn't have happened. Yeah. It's like, it's my fault. You know, no, it's not. It's J.P. Morgan's fault. <laughs> Look, don't let me listen. I'm sorry. But, yeah. I really liked this one. The other story's good, too. But I, I was like, no, I want to do the Titanic one. Because mm-hmm. I just I just love the Titanic. I love everything about it. Like, yeah, I like it, too. Or finding out things about it. I mean, yeah. obviously, it was a horrific tragedy mm-hmm. for... um the world but i do find you know stuff about the architecture and all of that and all these things like very interesting to where you know caleb and i went to see there was a guy at a university um and he found the titanic and i was like yeah i'm going you like yes i will be there and it was amazing it was really cool um he was he's like 80 and he still goes in deep dives out in the sea. Crazy. He was like going on an expedition like two days after he spoke. And um, Come on. Mm-hmm. yeah, it was really cool. But anyway, y'all, I hope you all enjoyed it too. Yes. Yes, yes. We ain't shouted Aunt Kelly out in a while. We haven't. Hey, Aunt Kelly. How's it going, girl? We love you. Love you too. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> yes, we love you. Yes, we love you. We love Aunt Kelly. We love all the fam. All the family listeners, everybody. We love everybody. We love all y'all. Yeah. Yes. And everybody. we have. Yeah. And we have Australian listeners. So, Come hey. On. Hi. Hey, y'all. Listen, they're everywhere. They really are. Like, there's people in Ireland, Scotland. Oh, that's cool. It's so cool. England. You know. It's so cool. It is cool. Now, most of our listeners are in, you know, they are in Kentucky. There are Kentucky people, but. You know, we've got people all over the world. It was just mm-hmm. wild to me. I was wild. like, what? You know, so anyway, um, you all, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email us at a million murders at gmail.com. You can check out our Instagram, a million murders, at the pictures of the cases we cover, the people, places, things. And you can also check out our Facebook group and page. Um, for updates when we update or we throw something on there yes yes which we we didn't post anything um well well we did we ended up posting something about the little hiatus now we're trying to get it together and everything but you know sometimes it's rough (laughs) it just is what it is it's how life is um so we'll try to make sure if we aren't going to have like some episodes out or something that we do let y'all know you know we know more people listen than they do follow the facebook page and groups and stuff like that but we'll you know we'll try to post 
something to yeah. let y'all know a little more because we love y'all and we appreciate you. Yes, um, very much appreciated. Yes, we appreciate you and the support we get. Yes, yes, love it. Yes, so thank you all so much for tuning in, and we hope you come back for a million more. Bye. Oh, you didn't. Shit. You didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> you want to try that again? And we hope you come back for. A million more. Bye.